If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. So today we are talking about shiny, happy people, which is really not shiny or Mm. happy at all. Um, This is a four-part documentary that was on Amazon, which is about the IBL, wait, the the IBLP Institute in Basic Life Principles, the worst named church slash cult ever. (laughs) and uh, and it involves the Duggars, which is part of the TLC show, 19 Kids and Counting. Um, and so I, I should I, we should start off by giving you a trigger warning. I mean, this is the show talks about cults. It talks about, well, technically, it's a religious organization, but it has a very cult feeling, talks about um, sexual abuse, childhood, um, physical abuse. So if this is something that is not something you want to learn about, read about, hear about, talk about, something that triggers you in some way, shape, or form, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this. Give us a review. <laughs> you know, review us. Be a part of our community. Follow us on, on uh, um, you know, follow us on Instagram and, and TikTok. And we'll see you next time. Tune in on Tuesdays for Sister Wives and Thursday for documentaries. And we'll see you. But yeah, uh, we're trying just, to find more positive documentaries. Yes, we are. Trust me. But it's hard to find, as we've said before. And this was a, a documentary that a lot of people were, you know, talking about and, yeah. and uh, were interested in. And I was too when I, I first heard about it. But, you know, when you get into it, you just, you you really don't appreciate how dark it is till you oh, get into it. Yes. And you're just like... Oh my gosh. You know, another thing that I knew nothing about, and now I have this information, you know, renting space in my head. Yes. And, you know, the Duggars, Jim, you know, Bob, Jim Bob and Michelle, not good people. 
not good people. And, but you know, they're perceived by, I think a lot of the public who don't know any better to be kind of weird, you know, like it's weird to have 19 kids. And I I always thought that they, they were part of this, um, religion called quiverful that was some kind of fundamentalist Christian. I know it was called quiverful. So like, I didn't know that they were part of this IBLP. This was news to me. And I didn't realize that they were like so far deep in a serious cult. I just thought that they were kind of a Uh wacky branch of, you know, fundamentalist. But they do talk about quiver, quiver. That that yeah. word and term does come up more than that? yeah once it it does because I think they even talked about it on the show. Yes, they do, and they do talk about and that was the plaths. Um, oh, they are too. Yeah, they're they're not they're not I B L P. No, but this they're part quiver- of that quiverful. But yeah. I feel like they're all interconnected in some way, shape, or form. They all borrow sort of the same ideas and same. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. It says mm. quiverful is a Christian theological position that sees large families as a blessing from God. It encourages procreation, abstaining from all forms of birth control, natural family planning, and sterilization. So, I mean, that's very different from. Um, and I know the Plaths espouse that as well, but the Plaths don't do this other stuff that the Duggars, <laughs> at least not that I've heard. And mm-hmm. I feel like that would have come out by now because their kids are now all yeah, quite out there and vocal and whatever, but I don't know. Well, did you ever, did you ever watch 19 Kids and Counting? I mean, I've seen a few episodes here and there out of curiosity, but mm-hmm. you know, I, not really. I didn't. Yeah. And when I was, I don't know how many seasons it was on, but in this documentary, you see all the stuff that they did on the show. I mean, it ran, you can tell from the ages, oh, it must've ran like for 10 years or something. Cause the yeah. kids well, are much I, older and they, they took all these trips all around the world. And yeah, I didn't realize that they had done a bunch of specials first. And we about this in the documentary that they do a bunch of specials and then it eventually becomes a show and and um and that there were spinoffs and you know special episodes and such and yeah i had tuned in it wasn't the kind of show that i would be like oh i can't wait to sit down and watch 19 kids and counting but if it was on i would watch it and i remember i think it, i was most fascinated by just how do you how do you run a household that big? I think it's like anything else. It was mm-hmm. I think it's like when you watch John and Kate plus yeah. eight, where you're like, how do you manage eight children, eight babies? How do you um, you know, extreme couponing? Like how mm-hmm. do you right. how do, curiosity? How do you curiosity of how do you organize that many kids and and all of that. But you know, I thought the same things I think most people thought, which is this is a lot of kids. This is really unfair to the older kids. Um, you know, that this is that this, I thought in the back of my mind, I really don't think these old girls are probably loving having to take care of these younger kids as much as you, Michelle, think they do. And, and I, I had a feeling that there were some kids in here that probably weren't as happy as they came across. Well, I remember Um, I saw that uh, one of the episodes I did see was when she was talking about how Basically, she says, the children are mine until I wean them. And then they go with their buddy. Yes. 
So basically she breastfeeds once they're weaned, she hands them off to whoever's turn it is mm-hmm. to get a new buddy. And that becomes and, and, like their child. Yes. Literally. At, and, and at and like 11, yeah. yeah, 11 or 12. And yeah. it's ridiculous. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, I just remember he, Jim Bob, Jim Bob did say that he had no debt. I was like, oh, that's very impressive. We have all these kids in no debt, but they showed them going to a secondhand store to get clothes or something. And you think, I would think like, God, these kids, they never get anything new. They, everything's passed down. I'm like, God, this is really hard. I mean, I would just think this is hard life. So anyway, so the big, the big episode one is called meet the Duggars. And the big get is that they get Jill Duggar, who's the fourth born and her husband, Derek, and they are being interviewed for this. And she was the only Um, she's the only sort of immediate child of Michelle and Jim Bob that we get. We also meet Amy Duggar, who is Jim Bob's niece, who was Mm -hmm. raised by Deanne. We meet Deanne, Deanne's Jim Bob's sister. Mm -hmm. And Deanne and Jim Bob were raised, um, and they were, grew up very, very poor in this very, um, very uh traditional household so jim bob went very traditional and went where went very religious and deanne was like i didn't get to be a cheerleader and i didn't get to do anything fun so she went the opposite direction Mm -hmm. so amy lived this very kind of wild lifestyle got you know boyfriends and got things everything that she wanted so um so jim bob and michelle met in 1984 when she was 17 and he was 19 and you know michelle she was all mixed up in that dating you know that dating <laughs> that crazy dating that crazy dating at 17 and um you know what else she was a cheerleader you know <laughs> out there scandalous showing, scandalous and you know they went on a date and they talked about god for four hours wow. four hours on that date and he set her straight <laughs> And then you know what happened? This is this is she go she's on one of these stages talking about their date. She got on her knees and she gave her life to God. I was just laughing at that. And they thought that and so originally they thought they would only have a couple kids. And so this was such a weird story. And then Michelle started taking the pill, which I was like, you can do that, Michelle? Well, I didn't think she could. Yeah. And then she had Josh. And then she got pregnant, but she was on the pill. And then that caused a miscarriage. And because... (laughs) Never heard of that before, but okay. Because that caused a miscarriage, they then prayed to God. And I guess to ask for God's forgiveness for going on the pill. And then God said, okay, you can have more children. We're going to just have as many children as we can. And they were blessed with twins. So that was a a sign, I guess. And that was a sign. So, but... You know, the thing was that Jim Bob grew up very, very poor. And to support all of these children they were having, Jim Bob had to have three jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So well, that's yeah. Um, that kind of reminded me of Cody Brown, you know, yeah. his fear of poverty. Yes, you know, yes. maybe growing up poor kind of makes you. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, I don't think Cody's ever had three jobs, but. <laughs> Well, Cody and his wives. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Cody married a lot of women. He's got a lot of adults. Right. That's the thing. You gotta you gotta have a lot of adults working. But um, yeah, and so I guess in 1997, they go to a pro-life rally at the Capitol and they meet Mike Huckabee. This is in Arkansas. 
Arkansas. They're from Arkansas, right? At the Capitol in Arkansas. Yeah. Sorry, not Washington, D.C. And Jim Bob, um, you know, see, he, he says, hey, you know, politics might be a good thing to get into. And so he runs twice and is elected twice to the state House of Representatives. And um, he, in 2002, he sets his sights on the U.S. Senate. And um, what he learns is, is that, you know, listen, a good way to get your agenda, your Christian agenda forward is to run for, you know, run for the Senate, run for these elections to get your voice out there. Politics. Politics, which is very similar to what we learned in the documentary that we covered, gosh, in January? God forbid. Yeah. It was Jerry Falwell. Early on when we first started the podcast, if you're interested, go back and listen to it. Because, yeah, it's a lot of the same parallel you know, getting inside, getting in the inside of yes. government and politics to push your agenda. So Jim Bob and his family, they were at the right place at the right time. And so they all went to vote because at this point he decided to run for U.S. Senate. And um, so he and his family, they're all in these red, little red outfits. Yeah. He and the they're, huge family. Their little house on the prairie dresses. And yeah. All so that. they all go and take this and it ran in the New York Times. So he loses his bid, but Parents Magazine runs a profile and Discovery Health sees sees that and they decide to do a profile on the family. And then in 2004, they had to do a one-hour documentary and Jim Bob thinks, well, this is a great opportunity for me to promote my values and make some money. So then they did a Christmas special and um, then they did, ended up doing five of them. And, you know, then they ended up, it was very, very successful. And by 2008, they started the reality show. And there they are. They're off to the races. Making money. Making they money. That, they built that big old house. They went yeah. from a 2,400 square foot house with only two bathrooms to this big 7,000 square foot house with nine bathrooms. Yes, yes. And uh, I remember, yeah, I remember seeing an episode where they were finishing the house and working on, because they, well, at least on TV, they made it look like they were doing it all themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, with the kids were, the boys were pitching in and I don't know, maybe some other family members, but I don't know. I'm sure there was other people working on it. Yeah. So we also meet some experts here. We meet this woman. I thought she was really interesting. Danielle Lindemann. She's the author of True Story, What Reality TV Says About Us. And she was talking about how, you know, reality TV in many ways is very conservative and that there was something, you know, something about the show, people, what drew people to it was how comforting it is. These gender norms, these stereotypes can be very, you know, they're they're very um, comforting. And that TLC, as it was, you know, that Discovery Health became TLC, that TLC started these shows, that TLC morphed from the learning channel to the working channel, right? This is, we started to tune into shows um, not for to learn, but to lurk, right? That this is suddenly mm-hmm. 
suddenly, ch- ch- you know, shows it, this is sister wives. Unconventional families. Yeah, you yeah. know, this became John and Kate plus eight. You right. know, this became the big surgery shows. My 600 pound life. Yes, <laughs> yes. All of these shows that became something about really odd families, my weird addictions, my this, my that. Mm-hmm. And the Duggars kind of fit right into that of these odd family and these odd family situations. And I, I, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting about how she talked about that for people that there was something very soothing about sort of seeing these gender norms and these, you know, it's almost like this. Cause when you watch the show, it was almost like, Ooh, it was like homesteading, you know, like, Oh, we're making jam or <laughs> we're watching them do things. Like how many tater tots do you need to make for 1920 people? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I I thought that was interesting. So anyway. Yeah, well, it's a good alternative to, you know, a lot of the other craziness, you know, watching the news or whatever's happening in the world. But I mean, I think and it, and it's a and it's a juxtaposition of housewives. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this. it's Right. right? If you don't want to watch at that time, which was, you know, the, the, the beginnings of Real Housewives of Orange County and New York, if you don't want to watch like blonde highlights and sky tops and all of that, this is very different. Mm-hmm. So anyway, for sure. So then we meet Jim Bob's friend, Jim Holt, and he starts talking about how he and Jim Bob had been friends for since they were kids. And when they were young, they went on a bus together connected to their church to go to meet Bill Gothard. And they went to this basic seminar, um, which is Bill Gothard's basic seminar. And Bill Gothard, um, I guess the basic seminar that they went to was connected to Bill Gothard Sr., who was part of this evangelical dynasty because he was connected to Gideon's Association and Gideon's Association is the Gideon's Bible, the Bible that we all find in every hotel has a Gideon's Bible. I guess maybe they don't anymore, but way back when they used to. And starting in 1961, Gothard started these workshops on how to parent. And it was all about, you know, if you obey God, God will bless you. You know, people were coming to him how do I parent? How do I do this? And his big philosophy was, if you obey God, God will bless you. And apparently this all came about and it grew a lot in the 1960s because there was a lot of upheaval in the world that people didn't know what to do. And, you know, the 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 world was changing. Women, you know, all of this stuff was happening. Women wanted equality. Imagine that. Yes. People, people of different you know, black people wanted rights. People. Yeah. I, I don't know if I, and this, and this upset, <laughs> this was upsetting. And yeah, they even and, called it, they, they said it was, I wrote down here. Uh, it was like the anti-equality movement yes, and yes. it was a f- teaching authority. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I'm going to tell you how to raise your kids. I'm going to tell you how, how, your wife should be treating you and what she should be doing. And then if you do all this stuff, then everything will remain okay. The same. Yes. Yeah. White, the same. Essentially white men will remain in power. It's almost right. kind of like the, all this, the sixties were coming. This all of the, the late sixties happened. All of this upheaval, women are getting voices, you know, um, people of color are getting voices and 
what do we do? Okay, I'm going to teach you authority, 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 authority over your family, over your children. Great. How do white men stay in power? Bill Gothard's going to teach you. Here we go. <laughs> and that's how it all started. Oh, scary. Essentially, it's very really... scary. And, and you know, this is just one organization. I'm yes. sure that there were hundreds of these types of things and we just don't we don't know about them yes all right so the the documentary you know the documentary throughout it they're introducing lots of different people so we meet someone else we meet josh pease he's a pastor journalist and he wrote about gothard for the new republic and he starts talking about so in 1984 they created this homeschool curriculum called Advanced Training Institute. So another part of this is, is that in order to have control over your family is you cannot have your kids just go to the regular school Mm -hmm. because they might learn things like you, you, you know, they might learn free thinking, critical thinking. They're going to learn. Yeah. All these horrible, dangerous things that you don't want them to know. You have your own rights. Or or even just or think for yourself. Yeah, or even just getting an education that's going to make someone more likely to say, "Well, this is bullshit," and I'm leaving. Yeah. So, so, but what they sold to the parents were, "Hey, this advanced training institute. This is going to set your. This is going to set your kid up for success. Right? You want to protect your child, and you want to set them up for success." So as the Duggars became famous and as the show went on, the Duggars became a recruiting tool for IBLP. And during this time, our favorite Duggar, Josh Duggar, the oldest son, steps into his own and he gets married on TV and he has, we see him have his, I didn't realize this, the gender reveal of his first child on the Today Show. Oh, God. With, um forgotten her name that used to be on the view why can't i remember oh, meredith Vieira. meredith Vieira. well and you know she, but before we yeah th- I think, did i miss something well there was something that i wanted to yes. point out so um th- they talked about Mich- so michelle she got pregnant with a 20th child um, and they really gloss right over this, but I, I think that I, oh, I oh, want to stop and like yes. really break this down. Right. So um, she was pregnant with her 20th child and um, the doctor told them that um, the baby had no heartbeat. And then that was it. Like they moved on to the neck. It was like, oh, so, so sad. Move on to the next topic. So then they said, that's when they started talking about Josh. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Um, so you basically (laughs) what happens when you have a baby who has no heartbeat how do you get that baby out of your body oh that's an interesting question i mean she had an abortion she had to have had an abortion because the baby it wasn't a miscarriage the baby's on in there you know attached to the to the uh to the womb but there's no heartbeat she had to have had a medical abortion to remove it from her body. Oh. Huh. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, well, whatever happened, whether, whatever method, I don't know if they mm-hmm. give you something to induce labor or they give you something to, it's, I don't know. But I mean, something medically had to yeah. happen to get that oh, fetus they've got some out, out of that. her body. Yeah, and I'm sure they've they have got- some 
explanation yeah. for it. But I was just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> well, you know, there was one other child too that she had to deliver three months early. Yeah. And I remember thinking premature. like, that is okay. Now you're, now you, because you're so, you're older, mm-hmm. don't be rude, Michelle. Now you're older, you've had so many children and now you're delivering children that you, that maybe, might not real, survive or have might not problems. survive or are going to have yeah. huge developmental problems. Yeah, because you should not be having. You should probably stop having children. It's enough. Yeah. You should probably stop. Anyway, yes, yeah. Hypocrites. Anyway, <laughs> um. So, and the other thing is, Josh gets a job at Family Research Council, which is a very conservative lobbying group. Oh, the hypocrisy! Yeah. So, on May nineteenth, two thousand and fifteen. An anonymous, I didn't know this is how this all started. This was all news to me. An anonymous letter got, um, is sent to Oprah, not Oprah, but Oprah Studios and, and her company that was a decade old police report of Josh's molestation. So Josh, while he was 14 or 15, it said that forcibly touched five girls in 2002, 2003, some of, some of who were his sisters. And so we're back to Jim Holt, which is Jim Bob's childhood friend. And he found out in March 30th, 2003, and he was devastated that apparently Jim Bob went to him and said, Josh got himself into some trouble. He touched his sister. He told him he touched his sister inappropriately, that he's been doing it since he was 12. Um, And at this time, at this time, Josh was dating Jim, and I guess the wife's name is Bobby. Mm-hmm. They were date. He was dating their daughter, their daughter Kaylee. Kedra? Oh, Kaylee. Sorry, Kaylee. Yeah. And I guess Bobby said to Michelle, "Wait a second. Were you going to tell us?" And Michelle said, "No, we weren't going to say anything to you until after they got married." <laughs> I, if I was this mother. I would have walked right over to Michelle and fucking strangled her. Strangled her. No, we weren't going to say anything to you after they got married. Well, I would strangle her. And they probably Just weren't going to say anything ever, ever. ever. I mean, no. come on. No. no. And and so what? How did it get? So if there was a police report, it was suppressed by obviously by somebody. You know, job got to somebody in the police department. Yeah. Well, that's what Jim Holt said, that that the the police officer that ended up taking the report was a friend of Bob's. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So but apparently Kaylee was the carrot that Jim Bob and Michelle were using for Josh, like saying, you need to behave. You got to stop acting out like this. And, you know, you can date. Kaylee, I don't know the whole thing. Yeah, and I'm sure it happened more than you know. Yes, this was just one report. I'm sure he had started doing it at whatever age he started doing it, and probably never stopped. Yes. Oh until, yeah. Well, we know he, he never stopped until we he know got he married, never and then maybe even after he was married, who knows? Who knows what this guy has done? Oh yeah. So and and of course the irony being that Jim Bob wrote a sex offender bill. While mm-hmm. he was in office, that technically his son should be on. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jim Holt said, what are you talking about? Like, y- you need to turn your son in. 
He told him you need to turn his son in. And they went to the police. And um, and and so Jim Holt is like, wait a second. I thought, you know, he 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 realized that Jim Bob really downplayed everything that, you know, he wasn't being honest. And then he learned later that this guy, this troop, that this trooper that they talked to was a friend of Jim Bob's. Um, and that so the way they solved, quote unquote, solved the Josh problem was that Josh went to one of Gothard's, Bill Gothard's special camps. And while Josh was at one of these special camps, this was when Parents Magazine, the thing that put them on mm-hmm. the map, the thing that got Discovery Health interested in them, that's when Josh was at that camp. <laughs> so they just pulled, they just brought him right home and got ready yeah. for the photo shoot. Yep. So while Parents Magazine is writing this article about this amazing, wonderful Christian family, mm. their oldest son is being, um, you know, not really treated, but basically is molesting his sisters. Yeah. And that's the end of episode one. Good times. Delightful. Yes. Oh, God. Okay, episode two. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Growing up Gothard. All right. So um, now it's after 2015. And they... So this is after 2015. All of this stuff about Josh has come out, right? And they're like trying to figure out, what do we do about Josh? What do we do about Josh? It's the aftermath of Josh. And so Michelle and Jim Bob, they go on Fox News to answer, right, these questions. And Jim Bob, this this PR of the two of them is the worst. Jim Bob's like, Josh is curious about girls. He just touched them, you know, over, over their, their clothes. clothes. Yeah. They didn't even know it <laughs> they was didn't happening. They didn't even know it was happening. <laughs> Come on. Is that really anything, you know, just I love Jim Bob talking for, you know, for women everywhere. He's he's he is a the worst. He's crap. He says everything was such a straight face, no like Nothing bothers him. Just cool as a cucumber. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, Jim Bob's great. Well, because you know what? Jim Bob, because you know what? Because Jim Bob is the most entitled piece of shit. Do you know what I mean? Jim Bob feels so entitled to his opinions, to his feelings. And you know what? He does not think about either of his daughters at all. He doesn't care. No. He does not care. And he, he, does, does not he also doesn't care about, about either his, of them. his son. No, he doesn't care he about doesn't any care of them. He doesn't care about truly getting help for his son or. Yeah, no, no, he cares about keeping. He my I, you know what he cares about? And this is what he puts on everything, which is this is for God. This is for my message. This is for this and. And for money. And for money. And when when I get to the pearly gates this is all gonna you know this is all gonna work out for me and blah 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 and it's like well jim bob i don't think it is good luck with that good luck i'll see you you know maybe we'll see you there maybe we won't um so you know so yes so jim bob claimed to everyone that josh had changed when he came back he hadn't so poor jill and jessa you know really felt a lot of weight on them so at the same time, there was a bit of a one-two punch because a couple months later, that August, the Ashley Madison scandal. Oh, worked. yeah. 
And apparently Josh was on the Ashley Madison site. Now, if people forgot about Ashley Madison, this was a um, a website that you could use where ma- married people could go on and cheat and you could cheat with other married people and everyone knew you were married. And apparently Josh was on there trying to meet other married people. And then he, I don't, he paid for, did he pay, he paid for sex with a, yeah. a porn star. And that she was said, a month later. Yeah. She said that, even though, you know, it began as consensual, he, he felt, she felt like when they were having sex that he was raping her. Yeah. And then he paid her more money to keep quiet yeah. afterwards. But this was my favorite. We see now, we now see Michelle. And this is what she says. I don't think I need to talk to Josh. I'm going to talk to our heavenly father. <laughs> This is a parent uh, of 19 children or 20, however many she has now. This is a parent, people. This is a this is a parent. So and throughout this, we meet a lot of these X I B L P kids, kids mm-hmm. that were part of Gothard's church that were, you know, whose parents got them this into homeschooling this. propaganda. Homeschooling yeah. propaganda and just about how. They, you know, just about their lives. We meet her. We meet Tara and Floyd Oakfort. And um, we meet Heather Heath. We meet Tia. We meet Chad Harris, Laura Smith. I was just writing down their names. Now, this hands down, this next section, this is my favorite part. And actually, I even drew a picture, Brooke. Oh. And I'm going to explain this to you because I showed <laughs> this to Steve, too. Now, this is Bill Gothard's, Gothard's big, big idea. His big idea, which is the umbrellas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now, everything's a big umbrella. First, the big umbrella is Christ. So Christ, if you, this is how you have to picture your life. First, there's Christ. And Christ is this giant umbrella over all of us. Underneath Christ is a smaller umbrella, which is the husband. And under the husband, the husband protects the family and provides for the family. Now, underneath the husband is a smaller umbrella, which is the wife. Right. And the wife now. Husband obeys Christ. Mm -hmm. Now the wife obeys the husband Mm -hmm. underneath the wife are the children and the and the children obey the wife. And of course, the husband and then they are also the managers of the home now. So the Christ now all these umbrellas are getting smaller and smaller. So the Christ is in is over everybody. Now, if you go outside of the umbrellas on either side and you if you expose yourself to Satan's control. <laughs> so, oh, if you go I hate outside it when of that your, happens. Yes. You're going outside of the umbrella ella ella <laughs> ella ella. That's the one thing I thought the entire time was it's too bad they won't let them do popular music because wouldn't that be the best theme song? Like, <laughs> my umbrella, Ella, Ella, Ella. That not that the best? Like, if Bill Gothard came out and that umbrella, Ella, Ella. Oh, that would Ella. be, that would be way too much for him. That would be. But it would be so much better than the, the those awful songs they made them sing. Like, God's gonna come and get me. And, you know, the, like, remember they yeah, put the, the violins? Creepy. The, yeah, the music is very creepy. And all, yeah, they're all these little choirs and ugh, yeah. Oh, the songs were horrible. But that was just, it just made me laugh. It was like, so if you get outside of the umbrellas, Satan's control. So what 
so much of what all of these kids, these people were talking about kids was there's just a tremendous amount of fear. It was ruled Mm -hmm. by fear. Mm -hmm. They constantly were worried. I'm going to go to hell. Everything was about going to hell. So this is how they controlled these kids was you do this. I'm going to go to hell. This, I thought this bad thing. I thought I, I had a moment in time where I was mad at my mom. I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to go to hell. Like, um, it, it was just, it was constant. It was constant. Yeah, and they also used corporal punishment. Yes. Oh, yes. We you saw know, a very was... weird spanking moment that was very creepy. Yeah. No, the, he's telling people, you know, you have to spank your kids. And he he kind of does a little role play, asks this oh, little boy to come up. And he doesn't fully hit him. You know, he sort of goes, just makes the motion. But that was real creepy. Yeah. So, yeah. And so the, in the homeschooling, they created these what they call wisdom booklets, and there are 54 of them. And essentially, all based on Sermon on the Mound. But, you know, at the end of the year, you just do them all over again. And what a lot of them saying is none of them got a good education. Yeah. They you know, got I don't, no education. They got no education. I don't know if you saw this recently. Leah Remini um, posted this on Instagram yeah. where she talked about like how 35 years of being a Scientologist, she had no education yeah. and she just finished her second year at NYU. I mean, this is huge. Yeah. And that's one thing that's not talked about is people who are in these religious type cults, let's call mm-hmm. them what they are, mm-hmm. but they're not these, they are not getting any kind of education at no, all. They're, they're not, not learning crap so they're not they're not they're not learning history or english or math or science or nothing they're just reading these booklets over and over again the same year after year but putting the fear literally putting the fear of god into them yeah so that they won't do anything they'll just be obedient and stay ignorant but gothard says he promised that this education is equal to a high school diploma pre-law and (laughs) pre-grace Brooke, do you feel like these 54 <laughs> booklets are close to kind of what you did? Maybe pre-law? Well, maybe I, have, not, I, maybe? Ha- I haven't read them, but I <laughs> kind of doubt it. Yeah. Um, yes. Jim Bob said the evolution being taught, it's all unscientific. Evolution's <laughs> totally unscientific. Well, yes. okay, Jim Bob. Yes. And, and one of the things I love this... You know, and they just these they have these smattering of things, right? And and you know, they talked about how there's just and it was just one of these things where more and more rules. They just more more rules. Like anything happens, more rules. No listening to music. The rock beat has been traced back to satanic rituals in the jungles of West Africa. So Mm. we can't have rock music. And one of the reasons why Michelle's voice is like this, this meek, mild, is they right. Part of this is they want mild women. They want the dresses, right? Because they want women to, you know, the cur- long curly hair. And that we saw one woman talk about how, you know, her husband, her husband wanted her to wear pants. And so much of about being a good wife is like being beaten into submission. Like being a good wife is just, you know, being beaten down. So you're this meek. Yes. Okay. Well, hi. someone in the documentary said that that's not Michelle's real voice. Oh, no, I don't think it is. But yeah, that's how she just, has to present herself right, to the That's world. how she presents. But that's not her real voice. Yes. But the thing is, why is clothing a problem? Because clothing's a problem because men have a problem with their eyes. It's not a man's problem. It's a woman's problem because men have problems with their eyes. So what's the solution? 
It's for women to make themselves feel like crap and get smaller and weaker, right? I mean, these are my own words, but this is what women are being taught, right? Like, which is, which is women, because, because men can't control themselves, because they, you know, can't potentially control themselves and, and at all, women have to repress themselves. And there's so much repression of sexuality and fear of nakedness and sex and all of that. This is what's being taught. And this is what all of these, you know, all of these ex-members are talking about, about like how they well, treat sex in this, in this yeah, religion. Well, yeah. And meanwhile, all these men are, you know, molesting all the yes, well, girls yes. and rape, probably, you know, spousal rape and all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. Oh God. Yeah. Well, and then apparently everyone has a spiritual gift. This is it. You're either a prophet or a mercy. And apparently men are all prophets and women are all mercies. So men can be jerks and women just have to take it. That's just how it is. It's the most misogynistic thing. It's all designed for men to be able to take what they want and have what they want and women just take it. So the way it works is, you know, children aren't allowed to have a voice. You couldn't disagree. And you... um spank you know you spank children until they until they behave hey, into submission yeah do you love do you want to talk about michelle and the blanket training oh well that was I, just a yeah. piece of work huh from what i recall so she's puts a blanket down on the floor and if the child puts the child in the middle of the blanket and then if the child tries to crawl off the blanket she basically hits the child mm-hmm. like hits and, and- their and grabs the thing that they want. They put something just out of reach that the right. child wants. Right. So then the child tries to go off the blanket, tries to get the toy or whatever. So they just like swat them with a switch or a stick, or they said, you can use a glue stick. You can, <laughs> they listed <laughs> off all these things, a PVC pipe, mm-hmm. you know. Things that won't make a mark. That's the other thing, because they don't want to get in trouble with CPS or one of these, right? Well, yeah, like, they, they will make the hand red but it'll go away yeah. quickly um yeah and someone posted i don't know if it was in the documentary or yeah it was where the youngest daughter josie yeah um, yes. they showed her after she'd gone through some session you know blanket training or something and her hands are just beat red and you can tell that she's just gone through this uh thing with her and then this little girl who's only like maybe three She's very like articulate and she's saying, she's repeating these things that Michelle is saying to her about being obedient. Yeah. And be, I mean, it's just sick. Yes. Well, and sick. the whole idea of it is, is that this is supposed to be a f- encouragement. Like, do you need some encouragement? And the encouragement are the rods. And mm-hmm. the whole blanket training is about breaking the rebellious spirit. Like, we're going to give you something just out of your reach that you want. And if you continue to reach for it, we're just going to beat you and teach you you can't have that. So what this has done is this training for these children is this is perfect grooming for children because you're teaching kids, you're developing kids and teaching them your body's not your own. You know, and and I think one of the ex-BLP members said it so well, which is every father is a cult leader. Mm-hmm. Every home is an island mm-hmm. and every child, you know, is dis- is obedient 
will not say no to anything and doesn't see their body as their own. Yeah. And that's why, that's why when they all get together, you know, all these little kids, they stand perfectly still. They, um, everyone is always just perfectly in formation and nobody's talking or laughing or going out of line. And they're like robots because they're, they don't want to get beaten. Yeah. Ugh. And women aren't an authority over themselves. You're an authority over your, your father's an authority over you. And then you get married and your husband's an authority over you. I'm like, oh, does this still exist? I think like, so. Does this yeah. still exist? Yes, yes, yes. Because that's the other thing. Only, I mean, listen, n- did you see that, that other people... Um, because Ginger, one of the other kids, wrote a book and and was, I think, I don't, I, I mean, I haven't read her book, but I think she was a little bit more outwardly, she was a bit more outwardly critical of this religion, but I, she did not want to do this documentary. No. And I don't think she talks to Jill. I think Jill is very much out on an island on her own. I think other kids talk to the family. And I think, I think this, I think Jim Bob is still trying to get stuff rolling and getting things going. I think things are, I think all of this still exists. I well, think up until, yeah. Well, I, I'm more wondering about the I, IBLP. Yeah. No, I think that still, I think it does. Yeah. That's what but, I'm yeah, saying. I think they're all still part of it. This is sort of jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah. What once, once Josh Duggar got in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, they found out what he had done. They really couldn't do that 19 kids and counting yeah. show anymore. So then, um, Jim Bob got TLC to agree to do a show just based on the daughters. Yes. And they never got paid a penny for any of that. They oh, all, yeah. They all signed these contracts where they basically got nothing and they were obligated to do all these shows. They were broke. They, I mean, totally still under his control and so afraid, even though they're married and they have husbands and the, some of them have kids, you know, it's like they, they're still afraid. Like Jill was, She's like, I'd never said no to my family before. Yeah, she had no idea. Well, and like, you know, that actually, you're right on schedule here. I mean, the one thing that the one sort of significant thing is the from this is from the second episode, we see Jessa and Jill go on Megan Kelly mm-hmm. to talk about Josh. And they, of course, had to downplay the abuse and what happened. Right. And of course, she felt they felt awful. But yeah, basically, Jim Bob tricks Jill into signing a contract to do that counting on Mm -hmm. because they wouldn't do the whole family anymore. Mm -hmm. So Jill, it's all about Jill and Jessa and they tricked them into doing it. And yeah. And apparently the dad's been taking all the money from the show. And we learn later on that apparently they, that he was listing the kids, some of the kids who were over 18 as being under 18 and signing on their behalf and collecting their money. Wow. Which is real legal. But And um, I've I've heard that the oldest daughter, I can't think of what her name is, basically still lives at home and she helps helps take care of all these kids still. And she is, you know, I guess loyal to her parents and is just mm. too afraid to um to do i've just seen that like on social media people talking about her i can't remember her name but that's really sad too (laughs) you know it's like yeah well and so the third the third episode they they get into a lot i mean it's a lot of the stuff we already know like they get into the whole thing like apparently 
Gothard, you know, has a bunch of these, these like programs, these training programs, which for kids. And this is one of the programs where Josh went to. And really, they're just like work camps for mm-hmm. children. Very similar to what they did with Scientology, where they have children, you know, working 15, 16 hour days for no money, for terrible abuse, for all of mm-hmm. this stuff. And, you know, shame and, and fear keeps you in line. And of course, everyone thought Gothard was living this, you know, this, this, you know, very pauperish lifestyle. But of course, he is living this fantastic lifestyle of private jets and huge mm-hmm. houses and all of these things. Um, and of course, they're hobnobbing with, uh, with, you know, Mike Huckabee, politician Rick Perry, Sarah Palin, David Green from Hobby Lobby and all of these places. Um, But during this time, um, Jill and Derek, you know, Jill starts to, this is Jill's process where she's starting to put her foot down and they decide, they go to, is it Costa Rica? Costa Rica. They go to Costa Rica and they're like, um, yeah, we, I don't want to, you know, I think, did they have a baby at that? She at first said, I don't want to have my baby on the show. Mm. And then they get pushed and pushed and pushed. And they were like, okay, well, you don't have to have the baby on the show, but will you film it? You know? And then I think eventually, eventually she just it was on g- the show. Gave in, yeah. And, um, then she, they were in Costa Rica. I'm sorry. Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah. With the baby. And they're pushing her and pushing her. And she's like, I don't want to do it. And then they bring up the fact that she signed this contract, which she was like, oh, I did. Okay. So she ends up having to go back. And it wasn't until Derek confronts Jim Bob and says, hey, wait a second. You know, what's going on here? And Jim Bob sort of drags his heels. And he's like, well, what what do you want? Do you want $10 an hour? $10 (laughs) an hour? What is that minimum wage in Arkansas? Like, what is that? And and he's going in circles with him, like back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, that Derek, he didn't seem very uh, forceful. Yeah, I think he really more forceful. Yeah, I don't know what his background is, but he basically watched his wife being abused by this family and just, you know, it took him a while to grow a pair and actually But the thing was that up. he knew Jim Bob too, but he was, par- that's part of the problem, right? Is all of these men that are coming in and marrying these women that the dad would, okay, you're part of this thing too. Yeah, that's the community. problem. So, and, and yeah, I mean, really what he, what, and, and so, and then she wanted to talk to someone at the, at TLC or at Discovery and Jim Bob insisted that their PR guy, Chad, had to be on the phone call. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of like, well, you could have said no. She didn't want to. I was just like, hire a lawyer. Agent yeah. Get some and help. say, well, my lawyer going to be on the phone with me, too. Yeah. And get someone to help you negotiate who knows the ins and outs. But again, that's us saying it. No, right. That's what you're supposed that, that to do. That would be like so far out of her comfort zone. It's not even fathomable yeah. for her. But then we learn about Bill Gothard has a brother named Steve who's a big pervert like Bill. <laughs> so Steve yeah. Gothard apparently loves to sexually harass women. And so apparently in the in 80s, he starts sexually harassing women and they're getting so many complaints. So you know what they do? They don't fire Steve. They don't get rid of Steve. They don't get Steve help. No, they transfer him to another office, much like the Catholic Church. Right. They transfer him to another place with less oversight. Well, yeah. And Bill, (laughs) 
he was like a big bachelor, you know, he yes, never he got married. Never married. No kids. So he's writing parenting books. He's telling yes. people how to be in marriages, how to parent. Yeah. Never married. No, no experience. Parent, no, no kids. Nothing. Which again, I think, you know, and I've known people who who, you know, who aren't parents, who've never been married, that are great parent, you know, who are great counselors and great parenting people and all of but they've been trained. You know, they've had years of training, but this guy, and that's what drove me crazy is I kept waiting for them. Like, tell me what you're, what is the basis of all this? Like, what is the secret? Like, what are the, what are the 10 points of whatever they they never tell you at least Scientology or, um, oh, what's that other one with Keith Ranieri, uh, the vow, like you, at least you hear at some point, like, what is the meat of your big theory of what makes people happy? Well, I think why it's we're the, here. It's the umbrella, you know. It's just the domination that you, you know, will be as long as you as long as you stick to your umbrella and yeah, don't go outside of it. You right. will be happy because that's the that's what makes this world work. Is like staying within the structure of this umbrella, and that's it. That that's that's the tenant of their cult. <laughs> So there's religion, no whatever. any theories or any no other nothing. No, that's the, that's the secret to success. God, is just no. staying in the umbrella. God okay. has ordained that you know. Yes, He is the Almighty, and under Him is the Father, and under Him is the Water. Yeah, that's it. That's their. That's it in a nutshell. Mm-mm. Okay, maybe I got to get some of those booklets and Pretty see if there's anything good in there. But yeah. It's easy to understand, you know. I, I yeah, mean, I mean, easy God to grasp. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe a full year and then you got to learn it the next year can you believe how many years those poor kids had to learn that so um but then how do we solve these problems with these sex scandals of people not talking about it well they came up with matthew 18 which is gossip is bad so we shouldn't gossip and talk about it let's talk about it so that means that if you get sexually harassed gossip is bad so that means that women who get sexually harassed have no recourse Mm. So we meet Emily Elizabeth, who um, talks about being molested by her father. I guess, was it starting at age 10 or was that when her parents got divorced? I didn't didn't know at the time. But apparently Bill got spotted her at something. And um, she... He said, around, uh, he, he said something like, keep that one or something. Yeah, he, he, he sp- wanted her. He set yeah. his sights on her at very young age. At, when she was 13. And then she moved to Chicago, which is where his headquarters were at 14. And um, and apparently that this he was that this was a little bit of his breeding ground for women. Um, And that apparently like there would be this van like this was a special place that where women would go it was something called journey to the heart in chicago in chicago and that Hmm. like a lot of young women were there Mm -hmm. and then like apparently like they would ride in this van with him and that he would there was a lot of heavy petting like he would sit next to them and put his hand up their skirt and because these women don't know anything about sex and don't mm-hmm. know what is quote unquote normal and they have no autonomy over they don't their know bodies. What's happening. Yeah. They don't know what's happening. So he preyed on these women in the Chicago headquarters. So late one night, Gothard tries to, you know, tries basically was going to I I any money was going to rape Emily mm-hmm. Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And thank God there was a male staffer there 
He Mm -hmm. saved her and she got out of there. And then Emily Elizabeth goes back home and she finds a website called Recovering Grace. And it's basically an entire website devoted to women accusing Gothard of rape and molestation. She tells her story and, um, you know, of course he gets mad. You know, she's asked to remove her story and all this kind of stuff. But eventually the stories get bad enough and the people there realize, like, we got to get rid of Gothard. We got to oust this guy because this whole operation is worth 90 million and, you know, this guy's going to bring us down. Um, And then there was talk of, like, apparently is Jim Bob and Michelle, are they the replacements? And because they now are, like, urging people to move to Arkansas and talking about the thing. I don't know. I don't think they are, but... That's the end of episode three. Oh, We're almost there. We're the last episode short. That's <clears throat> this is called episode four. Arrows activated. So now it's to 2019, and Josh Duggar, gosh darn it, Josh Duggar was not cured <laughs> by the camp, and or and his parents ignoring all of his problems. Mm-hmm. Josh Duggar was arrested again for downloading and possessing child porn. And TLC is really going to distance themselves from this family. They are not moving forward with the reality yeah, series. Well, and you know, this was, this was, ch- this was awful. This was awful, horrible child porn. And they, I, they suspected, I think some of the images may, may have been of his siblings. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I, that's what I heard. Oh, I heard that some of it apparently, did you see this in the court transcripts that some of it was stuff that people who are professionals that have to look at this stuff all the time were like, this is the worst of yeah. the worst stuff I've ever yeah. seen. And they were infants. Yeah. And you're just like, where? And this and is he my had, And he had small yes. children. And this is the part where you're like, how do you get here, John? I mean, this is the part. I'm a therapist and I'm like, I don't, this is the part, this, I don't, you know, I don't, this is a subspecialty where you really have to subspecialize in working with yeah. this population. But this is one where I really don't understand how how you would want to watch a child, a baby being tortured. Yeah. I really don't I, understand that. I, do you think I don't he, understand any of it, but no. I really, really don't. That one. You I'm think never, he was sexually abused as a child? I don't. I, I maybe. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some pastor Mm-hmm. some counselor some pastor or i don't think some, it's jim bob some older some older kid yeah. or something some older kid I, I could believe that i could totally believe that it was some older i kid. mean it's it's rampant look it's rampant in our society it is in general but it's especially rampant in institutions that promote secrecy mm-hmm. and use secrecy and scare tactics and fear and whatever is part of their you know yeah part of keeping people in line well, and I also think that when you don't, um, you know, I think when you keep, when you make sex and sexuality and your bodies and your changing bodies and what's happening to you, when you make it such a mystery and yeah, so, so weird forbidden and, and so forbidden and all of this. And, you know, Josh is it obviously when he was touching his sisters, that was like, he's a normal, natural young man. Like it's normal and natural for him at 11, 12 to wonder what it's like to touch a breast. Like that is a normal thing. Right. right? But it's not normal to want to touch your sister. Yes. Yes. But what I'm saying is, is that is a normal thing to to think about. And I think that um, 
So the pr- part of that is if he wasn't, if, you, if he, if he wasn't, if he wasn't molested himself, if, if nothing ever happened to him, I do wonder if he had all of these feelings and, and no resources, no one to talk to, nowhere to go. And then he had bad information or he's going to places where he shouldn't or looking at things he shouldn't. That's the other part of it is, is that if you don't have people to talk to or good information, now you're going out and getting terrible information. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that I, and I see this a lot. This is one of the things about the millennial generation that's hurt them is, is that this was the first generation that had the internet and had porn so readily available to them. And so a, for a lot of them, especially young men, they have a, you know, they have a different view of sexuality, you know, and, and a lot of young women feel like they have to be these porn actresses and mm-hmm. placate men and, and um, a lot of men feel like they have to be a certain way and they, they don't see sex the same way. And so I do wonder if maybe did did Josh go and seek, you know, seek things out that that he shouldn't have been seeking. Do you know what I mean? Seeking things well, out that maybe yeah. he shouldn't be seeking out and thinking that sex was different than it was. I don't but know. Even if even if that's true, there's a long way from that to w- watching infants being sexually yes. assaulted. So. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's yeah. so disturbing. But that but, was, but that was well, from 12 to 30 something. So, I mean, that was, that was a long way. I'm just saying that's the, it, so really that would be one way, but, but most likely in or, the only way we can see Josh as a human is to believe that he was molested himself because that would be the only way to make sense of this. Because do you know what I mean? Or he or he's a monster. Well, I, we don't know. He's in prison for like 13 years now. So, well, hopefully he gets the help. But <laughs> poor Anna Duggar has to freaking stay with this guy. Well, because she's she has no dis- choice. Well, I don't know. I think she's been distancing herself. Uh, uh, you know, she's wearing pants. <laughs> oh, she is. Oh, good for you. <laughs> she's Anna wearing Duggar. pants. She's dressing her uh, kids and her girls pants oh good and good Michelle oh, duggar's oh, very good. upset about that oh, she's good. she's starting to go to uh i don't think she affiliates with their church or what whatever they were doing she's doing something on her own doing something else i i think i think she's slowly breaking away i mean she was raised in this culture too mm-hmm. so you know she has her own unraveling you know that she needs to do and i think she started that process and I mean, she's not going to just sit around and wait for this guy for 13 years. Yeah, I mean, 13 years is a long time. This is actually the best thing that could ever happen to her. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And actually him getting 13 years, like if he only got like a couple years, she maybe could have held on. But 13 years, this is, yeah. I think it's 13 years. I don't know why I have that number in my No, he's he's gone for a while. He's gone for a long time. It's like double digit time. So anyway, they go through the trial. Apparently, Jim Bob lied, lied, lied on the stand to the point where the judge is like, just get out of here. <laughs> um, and then Jim Bob decides, I'm going to, you know, with my kid on trial here, I'm going to run for state senate again. <laughs> <laughs> and he lost by a landslide. Oh, um, wow. Yes. And then we meet, this was kind of shoehorned in this whole thing about Alex Harris, who's a lawyer, former Joshua generation leader. Um, this It's a decade, decades-long multi-generational plan to raise up a 
elite strike force of Christian homeschool force to infiltrate the highest levels of government. Dun, dun, dun. I believe that. I believe that's what they're doing. He's a grad. He's a Harvard Law School grad. And, you know, they're homeschooled Christians and they're very politically active and they're mm-hmm. popping up everywhere. And, you know, we met what, Madison Cawthorn. Cawthorn, who, yeah. Uh, yes. And so and what we're also seeing is these rise of Christian influencers on TikTok. And there is a real rise of Christian, conservative, young people, young people and using these various platforms, whether it's mm-hmm. social media, whether it's politics, whether, you know, whatever it is to get their voice out. And you know what? They're not, they're you know, much like anything else. They're not stupid. It's smart. It's very, very smart. I mean, just like, you know, just like what we learned in God forbid and a lot of these other um, documentaries, like when you organize, <laughs> when mm-hmm. you, when you decide to you play the long, get, play the long play game, the long game yeah. it's smart, smart, smart. It's effective. It is. It is. Oh, you're right. Twelve and a half years. Okay. Um. So yeah, and then we learn. Jill says she's outside of the family. Um. You know, Amy, the cousin, she's also on the outside of the family. The Holtz are on the outside of the family. <laughs> you know, everybody's on the outside. Um. Let's see. I guess apparently ten women sued the IBLP and Gothard in light of Josh Duggar's sentence. The lawsuit was dismissed uh, because of the statute of limitations. And then he, Gothard, countered sued because um, he wanted $18,000 each. And I guess apparently they, the judge threw out the sanctions. They were able to testify and they got their um, day in court. And, um, you know, of course, the, the craziest part of all of this is, right, which is all of these kids that were part of this group, you know, mm-hmm. the, the big thing is Gothard's teachings, the big promise he made to these parents and is, was this, right? This, my program and my teachings will set your kids up for success and will make you, you know, you, you'll, you'll raise wonderful children and this, you'll be great, right? And all the kids are talking, right? And they're like, you know, one kid's like, well, I had a drinking problem. This other kid's like, well, I was stealing. This person, you know, has yeah. panic and anxiety. And, and the thing is, is that, and, you know, we got Josh Duggar over here. Right. And you this can't problem. protect people from yeah. the world. You can't Eventually, protect people from the world and you can't yeah. protect people from their own stuff. Themselves. You know, yeah. Anxiety and panic, like mental health disorders or mental health disorders. Like, you know, the thing is, is that this, this, this thing that you're trying to protect people from, it's like, yeah, you can't protect people from the world. You can't protect people from themselves. And it's so, you, you, it's so ridiculous that you, 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 it's just like your big, your big cell of like protecting and protecting all these people. It's like you would have, you would have been better off just letting people think for themselves. Right. I think you would have had letting a better outcome. Learn for themselves. And you know, it just occurred to me that, you know, it's a smart tactic to use people's children in this way, the manipulation, because most parents see their children as a reflection of themselves. Mm -hmm. And they think that whatever their children do, you know, that's people are going to judge them. And, and so to use that as a, as a way to manipulate these people, like, 
we're going to make your kids just so amazing. And therefore they're never going to make you look bad because they're mm-hmm. not going to get on drugs, you know? And, and it just, it, like you just said, you, you can't do that. It's impossible. Um, but yeah. I wonder if, yeah, that's like, there's like more of a pull in there because they're using parents' fears, yes. you know, but parents are the easiest people to, oh God, yes. to get yes. something out of, like we'll buy 27 yes. products. If you tell us, well, this is going to make our kid, you know, not cry or, mm-hmm. you know, be happy or want to eat this. Or, you know, how much money do we waste on stuff, you know, thinking, no, yeah. thinking, yeah. oh, this will be the answer. And, you know, and paying for these expensive college counselors or whatever, you know, to, so, so your kid mm-hmm. can get into the best college. I mean, it just never ends, you know, it's like, yeah, it's very no, manipulative. I, I go through this all the time. Parents call me constantly with like, oh my God, I'm so worried about my child. I'm so worried about this and that. And they will spend any amount of money for their child. And a lot of times with the parents, I'll say to them, like, the best thing for you is you need to get therapy. Mm. Like you need to work on yourself. Like your kid is fine. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like don't pay me all this money to help your kid do things. Your kid is fine. Your kid will work it out. Like you need to go get your own therapy and work on you. And like you need to, and it, it can't, like I am constantly amazed if it was for my son, I have no problem. Like, you know, spending the money but if it's mm-hmm. for me i'm like oh god should i really spend that kind of yeah, money should I really you know? get this ten dollar shirt from old yeah. navy when i yeah have, yeah i don't really need this but yeah my daughter wants some expensive shoes you know t- for whatever oh sure here here's my credit card yeah you know, it's, it's, it's like, and the other part of it too is there's such judgment especially for mothers if you have and i remember those times when you have a screaming kid like mm-hmm. at the grocery store yeah, like what's or you, wrong with you yeah or you tell your kid no you can't have that chocolate bar or you can't have this or no you need to wait for dinner or whatever the issue is and it is there's so much judgment especially for mothers if you if you have a screaming kid so there is a lot of like we can make your kid like follow your rules or do mm-hmm. this or do that and, and you'll never have to be embarrassed yes. or worried or yes. anxious or any of that <laughs> yeah. if only if only if on- yes but you know when when they do when they tell you that you're going to break their spirit and you're whacking their hands every time they try to <laughs> yeah. grab the teddy bear like that's a point where you go mm, maybe this isn't for me maybe this is a little too and far I'm, and i'm homeschooling them and you've got 54 <laughs> booklets and i'm return i'm turning over the booklets and there's no never any math there's never any english or history or or you know any electives or pe or anything that's a problem so well i hope that we've seen the last of the duggars i hope they don't get any more television shows yeah i'm done with jim bob done with i'm done with um all of them and i'm sure that you know jill and um ginger and whoever i'm sure they don't want I'm sure they want to move on with their lives and I'm sure they don't want to be part of this anymore. Yeah. And it must really, really suck that they don't get, because I think Jim Bob a lot of money off of them. And oh, that must yeah. really, really, really it's Totally rip, ripped them off and has yeah. no, probably... No, he doesn't care. No He problem. doesn't care because he feels like, well, I'm the dad and I provided for you and, I, and yeah. I'm entitled for this and I'm blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you know what? He barely did anything. I mean, especially if Michelle was handing off babies to Jill at whatever age. Yeah. Come on. I just love all these parents. I love all these parents that take this attitude of, well, I made you and I did this and I did that. It's like, you know what, parents, you chose to have your children. 
your kids don't owe you jack squat. I'm sorry. I love, I hate all these parents that take this attitude of like, I did this for you. I did that for you. You owe me. It's like, you know what? You chose to have the child. Yeah, they didn't ask to be born. You chose to have this child. You make the obligation. You do what you need to do. It, It, listen, at a certain age, yeah, you, you are not obligated to take care of them for the rest of their lives. That's fine. But like, they are not required to take care of you for the rest of your life. And they are not required to be your servant or to, you, you do not get to be a martyr with mm-hmm. them forever and ever. Listen, we take, we take care of our parents because we love them and we care about them. And they, they did a lot for us, but we, we don't, we are not obligated to do it. We choose to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyway, another yes, that's uh, it. happy oh, God, <laughs> another happy, shiny, happy, happy, people, happy, people. happy documentary. Yes. All right. Well, so thank you so much for tuning in. I know this is a long one. <laughs> shiny, happy people, but we appreciate it. If you like this podcast, please give us a five star review and send, um, write a few kind words. We really appreciate it. Um, what else? Uh, please subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Subscriptions really do help us. Um, and what else? Tell a friend, tell 10 friends, follow us on, um, psych legal pop on both TikTok and Instagram. And I think that's it. Well, let's promote our, uh, we we do sister wives every Tuesday. We're doing the Sister Wives Rewind. We're on season three. We're just yeah. about to do the season finale. Soon. Season that'll, three. That'll very be next soon. week, I think. And then um, Thursdays, we do documentaries or other shows coming up. We're going to be doing um, the Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox uh, documentary next week. And then the week after uh, the Sex in the City, you know, and just like that, um, it's returning to hbo well i guess it's now called max um so we're gonna be uh we're gonna do a recap of the first season of and just like that and then we'll um weekly we'll talk about it oh i'm so excited i'm so about, very excited uh, I, i'm like i've been reading reviews of the first season of just like that and i'm like getting all excited to yeah. talk about all my things that i have to say about the first season yeah, we're going to do a little recap yeah. of the first season, refresh our memories. I know my yes. memory needs to be refreshed. Yes, um, yes. So that's exciting. It and is exciting. Yeah, we're always open to suggestions, um, you know, so just drop us a line on Instagram. Um, yeah, but we, we're we're looking for happy. We, we really yeah, we are kind of done with happy. child molesters. We, yeah. I'm so sick. I am so sick of white men trying to stay in power. I hate them all. I'm just, I am, I just, I am burning up with anger these days. Yeah, we need a break from that. But it's just hard when you go and you look at the list of documentaries. I mean, it's just, it's just one thing after another of, you know, abuse and, uh, and just abusing systems, abusing people, um, liars, fakes, cheats. I can't stand it. I just can't stand it anymore. So. But okay. we love you guys. We love all of you. <laughs> yes. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for su- supporting yes, us. We yes, really appreciate we, it. We really do. So we will uh, see you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.